cliffcentral.com. Hello and a very warm welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. I'm Shemaine Harris on controls, Palisa Mabuye. Hello. How's that? Good What's up? <laughs> and I'm Liesl Tom. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, why don't you send us a WhatsApp on 079-748-2090. Now, if we do sound a little bit more excited than normally, um, it is because today is actually quite a big day for us, right? Yes, we now have what a lot of people actually said we should have, and that is an hour. So, yeah. So, no more trying to squeeze in those last few questions. We have an hour. We, we're still going to have to squeeze in questions probably, because probably. our guests are just so interesting. But, uh, okay, we have an hour and we're very grateful. Yes, we really are very grateful to have this hour. So, again, that WhatsApp number, 079 2090. And this is Beyond Ears and Eyes on ah. Cliff Central. And with us in studio is a man who's looking very nervous. Shemaine, I think we are a bit much for him. I know. Do you know <laughs> why? I think he's a bit nervous because we caught him a little off guard. Because we, we had said that we were going to have someone who's going to do uh, laughter yoga or laughter therapy. And then she met with some misfortune and unfortunately she couldn't be here. So Liesl pulled out all the stops and guess what she I did found it. an amazing man called Justin van Quickelberg. I love your surname Justin but that's not what you're known as is it no unfortunately not but first of all thank you for being with the two <laughs> lovely ladies here this, this oh, afternoon right but I'm actually known as Justin the soul therapist and where does this come from? Well, you know, I've been doing mediumship for a very long time. And um, I once I gave a message to a, to a big gentleman. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of feedback. And he came back to me about three weeks later and saying that I did tremendous healing um, on his soul. And, you know, just the, the message that I gave him was um, so healing that um, he said, Justin, you are a great soul therapist. And that's where the name came from, and that's how it stuck. And it stuck. Now, you said mm-hmm. you uh, you practice mediumship. Are you clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, all of the above? Well, look, you need to remember, when, when we talk about the concept or the, the term uh, clairvoyant, it's basically everything you know you, you've got the clear sentience you've got the clear audience um in mediumship there, there's very different roles yes like us like you said you've got the clear sentience you know people can definitely hear uh-huh. and then you get the you, you, the full bouquet which is obviously the clear uh, clairvoyance um you know that's basically everything you know we don't just see um you know behind the grave it's basically i want to put it in that that term but basically you can i i, I hear voices you know from 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 the deceased loved ones are connect and not just that we do a lot of you know i always say therapy for the soul you know you've got to let go of the past and that's one of the biggest things us as humans lack on doing at this present point in time mm-hmm. so you say mm-hmm. you can hear voices um do you also see yes um remember there's there's a difference between you you get a lot of mediums out there some mediums are more of a knowingness uh-huh. where they can describe to you exactly how the person looks they'll say you know yes your grandfather is with you he's got a round hat he was very prim and proper shoes polished and and they'll give you a bit of insight and say uh-huh. you know around about his birthday might have been on the 25th or he loved 
um, you know, birthday cakes, uh, chocolate cake or whatever the case might be. And then you get uh, mediums that can physically see. So obviously you'll have the apparition appear to, to, to the medium and he can describe it to a T exactly the same as, as somebody that's got a knowingness. Uh-huh. Um, so it's very important that basically if you put two mediums in the same room and they basically two different categories, okay. the one can see and the one's a knowingness. Um, if there's a presence obviously in the room or obviously they're connecting to, to, to the individual who they're giving the message to, they would basically come to exactly the same person except in different forms. But obviously the, the principle of the message will be exactly the same. Now, um, you've been doing this for a very long time. So I've, I'm just sitting here with your pamphlet um, where it says you've been doing psychic reading since the age of 18. So you are very young. I'm just going to tell our listeners you're very, very young. Um, and handsome. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yes. And handsome. Yeah, cutie, yeah, cutie. So, and, and, you know, so you've been doing this for 12 years now. Well, remember the pamphlet's been printed about four years ago. So, okay, so, so you're like <laughs> older than with you do. I'm much so. older. You know, I'm actually in my late, well, not late thirties, but um, yeah, mid thirties. So I just look very young, but let me tell you, my soul is very old. You know, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've always told people this is my last lifetime on this earth plane. You know, because I've accomplished so much in life already. And um, but yes, uh, you know, my journey started when I was mm-hmm. um, when my grandmother passed. Okay. And um, that's where I, I realized there's more to this. Um, World or to this um, this place. Was it a shock? You, no, um, no, it wasn't a shock. Um, look, obviously, I'm not a very sensitive person when it comes to death. Or so people say, you know, sometimes I don't have a heart or whatever the case might be. It's not. I just deal very well under stress or circumstances. And um, when this occurred, uh, my parents said they were going to go to a spiritualist church, and that was the first word I ever heard that there's a church that. You know, that there's a spiritualist church and that made me actually think. And then I only found out that my gran was actually a trans medium. Um, today they call what it channel, channeling. Um, it's basically when a person goes or a medium goes into trance and they actually then trance, um, a message or from a spirit from beyond the grave. You know, either whether it's being a guide or whether it's being a loved one that has passed will actually come into the, the soul of of the living and then obviously uh, give a message and what's very interesting about that is that um you know we you've got a lot of trans mediums but you do get some where uh, we once had a very old lady come to the church and she had this very soft and tender voice and when her guide came through it was this very big rough voice you know you would never think she had a voice like that and he'll give this fantastic talk you know or inspiring talk so there's definitely you know, you can relate to that. Justin, is this something that people might refer to as a possession? No. uh, You know, there's a difference between possession and and obviously channeling. Um, First of all, yes, you know, I always say people's concept, you know, on spirituality. First of all, Everybody thinks if you're talking to the dead, it's, you know, it's wrong. But times are changing. You know, uh, society, the, the mindset of people are definitely shifting mm. um, in, in miraculous ways. And I must say, back in the days, it was a very taboo 
thing. You know, when we had our seances or when you went, to, you couldn't just tell everybody you were going to a spiritualist church or you're going to go, you know, have a seance and you're going to get messages from beyond the grave. It was very taboo. Uh-huh. But the, it's opening up more to society and, and that's making it, it lovely because it's giving more people inspiration to let go of the past as well. But yeah, I won't say it's classified as, as a position. Obviously, you get people that go overboard. And, and I always say that, you know, when children are young, because they actually lose every, like I've mentioned before, um, prior to, to our discussion here, is that we all have this gift. And I always tell people that, um, when they thank me afterwards and they say, you are a very gifted young man, you know, giving us this mm. inspiring messages, then I say, you've got it wrong. Um, it's actually, I'm not gifted. I'm gifted being around gifted people that are like me because we all have this ability. We all can actually definitely enhance it. You know, I set a lot of meditation groups in order to obviously be where I am now today. Now, it is a bit, this gift from what I understand is a bit like, let's say, someone with athletic ability. Some people just do have a more natural inclination towards it. Do you think you inherited your openness or your ability or your gift, however you want to frame that, from your grandmother? Look, the thing is, I would say there is part that inspired me to, to, to go into this direction. If it wasn't for my gran and if I knew she, she wasn't on the, I only found out she was a trans medium, um, about three months after I actually attended one of the services at the church and they said, your gran was here many years ago, um, from this platform and, and actually giving us inspiration messages from beyond. And that inspired me to actually not pursue what she was doing, but to do to get more involved in spiritualism and obviously spirituality mm-hmm. and that from there it grew and and that was from the age of 14 I, I must say from 15 I sat circles and then from about the age of 16 I was sitting about four circles a week um because it was something that I needed it was I, I just needed um it was like food you know you definitely need this for your soul mm-hmm. and it just developed and then from the age of 18 I started doing it professionally from churches and platforms and centers uh, giving messages. Yeah. Now, when you say you sat circles or you're sitting circles, are those like seances? What do you mean by that? Yes. Um, first of all, seances is, is, is the old fashioned term they used to use um, back in the days. And it also used to be very taboo for a lot of people. Uh-huh. So obviously through the times they've changed it to, to sitting in a circle. But basically I think the concept circle actually came from where you got a group of people which you sit obviously in a circle um, form. So obviously you can see each other. So obviously you relate messages to over. And then, you know, we used to, uh, back in the days, it's, you don't find it anymore because they say the frequencies and obviously there's a lot of electronics in that is uh, materialization and that's what used to happen in these seances where uh, you know the the spirit would actually materialize in the middle of this uh, of the circle and and that's another topic we can talk about it a little bit later in the sense of an apparition or yes, a flame uh, or a bottle or no what? no as as the person or the spirit oh, himself oh um there's actually a, a thing called ectoplasm so obviously there has to be a, a medium within the circle that can actually generate this and um, mm-hmm. and there's very few mediums that still have this or yeah. still got this ability to do it um you do understand well you must understand that a lot of the older mediums that are very um, psychic and have the ectoplasm to actually do these type of things have all already departed the earth plane so there's very few and far of them you know but you do still find the one or two i was fortunate enough to be invited to a materialization um, circle a while ago and let me tell you it was 
it's something that I have died to to attend. And okay. let me tell you, it was a great experience. Hold that thought because I want to hear more about that. But before we go any further, um, let me just give you our ident. This is Cliff Central. This is Beyond Eyes and Ears. Beyond Ears and Eyes. Gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> she's so excited. She's forgotten the name. <laughs> no, no, this is Beyond Ears and Eyes. Um, and we now have an hour instead of three quarters of an hour. So as you can hear, we are sitting here with Justin Quickelberg and we um, would have had a after therapy here but obviously it's changed so if you do want to know anything more about it um then do give us a, a an and an, a whatsapp on 0797482090 and i'm sure he'll be happy to answer questions um because we are live after this you can obviously get it on podcast so justin who does psychic readings spiritual counseling aura readings and cleansings cleansings and blessings of homes um he is you know kind of like an all-rounder <laughs> psychic um he's in studio with us and he was just talking to us about the um the materialization or, or you know of the person in in uh the seance places and 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 so i want to know what this ectoplasm is but before we do that i want to find out seances always for me had a negative connotation where you know like you play that uh, Ouija board. Uh, Am no, I not, pronouncing it right? No, the, a Ouija board. A Ouija board. Yeah, it, it was kind of like it was. There was something that was a, a little, a little bit more creepy. And, well, I would call Scary. it a little more sinister um, from my perspective. So, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. What would you say about that? Well, you need to remember. Obviously, the Ouija board um, is is mo- most, mostly in America. Basically, in in our country and a lot of the Afrikaans people and and the English people, yeah, know it as taking a glass, and it's actually called you glass, know you uh, glassy. classy classy in Afrikaans. Okay. So a lot of the older uh, generation kids or so would actually know this. To, today's technology, obviously, people don't do this anymore, but there is still a little bit of that that they do. But I mean, you can import those boards as well. They are on the market. I know you can buy. But remember that um, contacting spirit, that form is a very you contacting very low vibrational spirit, okay. um, which obviously um, not handled by the right person or not managed by the right. You'll hear a lot of stories where while they were playing this game with the glass, it either shot off the table and broken. Mm-hmm. Look. Obviously, you know, you, you need to manage it right because you, you are making contact with a lower entity. Mm. And a lot of the younger people always presume it or, or think of it being a joke. You know, you moving the glass or he's moving the glass or it's your finger or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But energy is all around us. And um, spirit uses this energy actually to, to manipulate the glass and to move it. So you, you lay your alphabet out there in your numbering. And that's how the, the glass will move. And then you you'd write the notes down. And... Um, but yes, like I said, um, it's, you know, a lot of people still do it, mm-hmm. but it's a very low form of energy that you are bringing through. And it's not really energy that you would actually write, like to associate with or, or whatever the case. Because another thing is you're bringing up spirit or entities that you are not aware of or where they're coming from or whatever the case might be. And they can attach. Well, you know, I always say that it's mind over matter. Okay. Uh, a lot of people conceive things to be, you know, they'll go home the next night and then they'll, the next morning they'll say, oh, no, they had a rough night. And 
But remember, what you're going to be placing into your consciousness or your mind, um, obviously, is going to have an effect um, for days to come. So that part will keep playing in, in the lightest noise you hear outside. So you're going to think, now you're scratching against the window or whatever the case might be. But, um, you, you know, I still strongly believe that um, spirit can't hurt us. You know, um, there's just unconditional love. And that's most importantly that we need to remember that um, – Spirit is unconditional love. Like, fair, fair enough, you, people make things sound a whole lot worse, you know, when they say there's a demonic spirit or you are possessed or whatever the case might be. But um, I, I disagree on, on, on a lot of those things, you know, because I, I know being a medium for so many years, I've seen many cases um, where I've actually just connected and that's and, and the, the problem is we got, we've, we've got a lot of earthbound spirits, but the reason for that is that individuals don't let go of their loved ones so let's just say for instance um, if your grandfather or your father had passed on and you've loved him very much so you actually hold on to him because you you don't want to let him go you don't want to let that that feeling go you know that pain go but we need to remember that just as well as you need to move on with your life soul also needs or spirit also needs to move on with their life um, because remember that we, we're going to carry on learning lessons on this earth plane and I gave a fantastic message on, on Sunday evening to a lady in our, in our little church where um, her dad came through and he actually told her that he's waiting for her to to arrive on the other side when it's her time to pass and then they will descend back down or reincarnate into another lifetime together. So that was a quite a nice ending on, on that story. These apparitions, these ectoplasms mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the mediums who are able to, to make them appear, you said they are becoming less and less. Do you think it is because we are becoming more aware we are raising our collective vibrations or why do you think that is well look a a lot of scientists or a lot of people that have been doing it for a long time would say that there's a lot of radio waves and technology and interference you know electronically interference where i strongly believe as well that might be a part of it but um, one thing we need to remember though as well is information is more easily reached now i mean google is there your internet is there Mm -hmm. so if you want something regarding something you know there's a lot of inspiring talks motivational talks that are coming through back in the days these seances i mean there wasn't internet there wasn't really communication so when these seances happened and there were great messages or you know um inspirational talks from this the spirit um coming through and giving you great inspiration where today it might not be as needed as what it used to be back in the day because information is more ready for us. Somebody that's searching some sort of motivational talk or so can do three clicks and he's got it. You know, it's, it's on yeah. his computer. You can listen to it. And another thing, technology has changed so that meditation groups have become so part of our life. You know, you'd always hear, you know, from yoga to wherever, you know, they do some sort of meditation. So that's quite interesting. And, and that relaxes the body. So, okay. I want to know, do you guys ever sit and talk as, um, mediums and, and spiritualists and just, you know, hash out, um, questions? Because, um, I have, I've heard, and I'm going back to, into the conversation now. I've heard of people saying, you know, that, um, you get good or lower vibration spirits who you know who are here and then who attach and you know who just roam around and you get the and then you get you know a different a higher vibration so so it would be interesting for me to hear your uh, point of view from what 
you have heard from others? Because obviously, I'm sure you've heard people disagree with, with the way you're seeing it. Well, look, you need to understand, obviously, the, the, the way all spirituality in the people that I'm in contact with, we are all like-minded people. So... We, the, the information we share among each other and also I, I like to, to compare because I, I, I'm a guy that I would like a little bit of science behind certain things and um, spirit has proven it to me time and time and time and again but yet um, you know when I ask somebody like you know another medium and I say you know what what did spirit say to how short is our life on, on this earth plane and they'll say no it's, it's fairly quick and um, spirit has numerous given me the, the information saying that our life is as short as lighting a candle and blowing it out that is how short our life period is and then I'll hear it from another medium and then I'll know okay well definitely spirit's not lying to me because if he heard it through um, you know through his guides or mediumship or whatever the case might be I compare the two and it's exactly the same so then I know we're on the same path but definitely we need to remember that um Mediumships or, or mediums have to higher their vibration and spirit lowers theirs so that we can actually meet on a level to make a connection. Um, let's, let's call it on that sixth plane, you know, on, on definitely to make a stronger connection. That's why, um, normal human beings, if you're not trained well enough or so, it's very difficult because we, we're not used to rising our energy or our vibration in order to make a connection. And that's why I always tell new mediums that I teach. Regardless of what you get for somebody, you know, give it because spirit has taken their time and energy to lower their vibration, um, mm. to give you the symbolism, you know, of let's say a book or whatever to give to you, you know, so give it to the individuals. It doesn't matter how strange it sounds, you know, um, like I say, a lot of times you get this big bulky guy and you get a, a bunch of flowers, you know, the thing mm. is, um, you might think, Flowers is going to mean nothing to this person because he's so tough and rough, and but it might be something so small and symbolic to him that he will find his relief from that or or get his answers from that. I have to say, this is the first time that I hear um, the 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 way you're expressing it that spirit lowers its vibration to meet ours because I wasn't aware that um, you know that 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 is you know even possible. I just always thought that we you know our vibration. Raises and so we become a little more accessible, but, but I suppose, you know, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's a new one. So th- that I have to wrap my, my head around because, you know, uh, but in, in a way I can almost, you know, I, I can almost do that if I think of it in terms of, okay, you get met at the point of your need. Do you know what I mean? That's it, yes. Yeah. So, but look at, at, at the end of the day, what's interesting to know is that, look, um, spirit is around us all the time. Uh, you, you know, I always tell people, you know, when their parents or loved ones come through, mm. you know, I always say that, you know, this is the people that are with you. And, and then they'll ask me, you know, um, are they always there with them? You know, mm. spirit is there when, when you need spirit is there. You know, it's, it just shows you. And, and not just that we don't have only have our loved ones that have passed. We've got our spiritual guides that are with us. Mm-hmm. And um, that might be a topic that I would like to, to embark on as well, because a lot of people, when they come for their first message, they think they've got a red Indian guide or they've got an okay. Indian chief. So you wanted to ask something or uh, yeah, I would love for us to go there and explore that. But can we can we start with how it works with your family members, though, you know, and the healing that brings because. Because I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would want to know how do I deal with my nana just having gone. You know? Okay. Well, first of all, we need to remember that 
every human being or every person on this earth plane has to go through the grief. Um, you can't just deal with it and saying, okay, well, you know, let me let go of that. There has to be a period of, of letting go and letting God. And, and that's obviously you need to go through that grief period for the, 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 that brief moment. But what a lot of us fail to do is we hang on to those emotions and those feelings for a very long time. And, and scientists have proven that, you know, if we store a lot of stress or, or, or obviously of this emotion within us, it causes problems, health problems mm. on the physical plane. So it causes physical problems, first of all. So it's best to, to let go. And the easiest way, you know, I've always told people that you need to write a letter. A lot of people come to me and say they don't know how to let go. Um, it's been three years or two years since their husband's passed or their mother's gone. And yet they can't move on. It almost feels as if they're stuck in a rut. And when they come for a session with me and we go through everything, I at the end of the session, I say, you know what? Take a piece of paper and write a letter. Let the emotions flow. You can scream. You can swear. Do whatever you want in that letter. And when you're done with it, fold it up, bless it, burn it, throw it away. And then you write a new letter of what you still want to achieve in life, where you want to be and what. And you do exactly the same. You fold it up. You bless it. That way you are letting it out of the soul because very few of us actually acknowledge what we keep inside. So when you go to work or you go home or into your, your parents or wherever the case might be, um, there's still a little bit of emotion somewhere tucked away, but you can't speak to anybody about it because you don't know how to deal with it. And the best is when you're alone at home, write the letter and just let you, you will see anybody that's in doubt or in, in need um, of doing this, they can do it and you'll see that the tears will flow because obviously you're bringing up your mom or that might you might have had, um, let's say, an argument before um, before her passing and you're feeling very terrible. But write it out in the letter and you'll see that the moment you start this, the tears start flowing and that's why I say it's most important to give the soul therapy, actually to heal the soul and that way you are letting go and letting God and that's it. Yeah. How do you know if you are still hanging on to to those emotions, to that loved one, and, and thereby keeping their spirit here on this on this plane? You know, it's it's very difficult because we differ from individual to individual. Mm-hmm. So obviously, some people find it very easy to let go, and and they say they've let go. But when we tap into a session or we go a little bit deeper into a session and um, I bring up one or two things, they will break down in tears. And that's an indication to me that they haven't let go yet. There was still some part of them holding on and preventing them from moving on. A lot of people still are very much stuck in a rut and they'll keep asking themselves the question, but why? Why can't I move on? Why is there something blocking me? And the problem is you're definitely holding on to somebody. Whether it's a loved one or whether it's a situation that a loved one has left you with or a hurdle to overcome, we first of all, we need to remember that Everything on this lifetime or this earth plane that we do, it's purely lessons that we need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you need to go through. So by losing somebody, you know, I get a lot of people that come to me, especially moms, uh, uh, mothers, to lose a child is not a very nice thing to do or to go through. And I'm, I'm sure the moms out there that have experienced, it, yes. it basically breaks them, you know, to, to lose a child. You, you know, they, they always say uh, the mom should go first before the children go, you know. But yet, I get a, sometimes I get a lot of moms coming to me and they'll ask me, but why my child? That's the first hurdle of her not letting go because she's already acknowledging to herself 
um, she can't let go because why, but why her child at such a, such a young age? Mm. You shouldn't have gone that way. And my, my answer would be, why can't it be your child? Maybe this is a lesson that you needed to go through emotionally. It might have been a period for you to let go. And not just that, it opens new doors and new situations in your life. It makes you see things maybe more clearer and gives you more clarity on life. Remember that losing a loved one or losing somebody very important on this earth plane, it's, you, you don't lose them forever. You will be reunited the day your passing comes. They're there. They're there in spirit. This is just the vehicle. This flesh, body, and bone, it's just purely a vehicle. Um, one day it will pack up, it will get old, and it will be buried, um, or whatever the case might be. But remember that this is only the body. Um, the soul is eternal. It can carry on, and that's it. I, I, I really hear what you're saying, but then at the same time I go, you know, it's, 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 that missing though can you say that you didn't let go isn't there a place where you went i have let you go but i miss you terribly uh, or sometimes you just like you weep because you remember and it's good memories but it's not like you know so isn't there space for that where it doesn't necessarily when you cry mean that you you didn't let them go look the thing is we need to remember that yes memories are wonderful having great memories and also when we do healing as well you know i would always tell people don't see them in imperfection you know or in in the disease that they are see them in in that perfect human light that they used to be so memories are good you need to uphold that but like i said if there's anything that's holding you back, the moment you think of that memory, then it draws you perhaps back or it's taking you out of the workplace or it's taking you out of the mindset of moving forward. Because I've always, my philosophy in life is always, don't let the past rob you of your future. So very importantly, you know, a lot of us hold on to the past and we're letting it rob us of our future. So it's very importantly that, yes, you know, a lot of us can think, I mean, I think back to my grand, I think of good memories, but there's no negativity blocking me going forward. So the moment there's obstacles or hurdles in your life, you need to take a step back and have a look at your past and say, you know, what can I deal with? It might not be the loss of a loved one. It could be something else. You know, I had a gentleman the once that had a fear of dogs and he just couldn't stay far from a hospital. Reason being because in his previous lifetime, he was attacked or bit by dogs. So he had this phobia with him all the time. And once I gave him the message and explained this to him, then obviously he got a bit of a bigger understanding where the fear of dogs came from and actually where the reason for why he wants to stay close to medical help is so if something like that happens, he can obviously be attended to quickly. Are phobias always past life related? Not always, um, but a lot of pain sometimes could be an incident. You know, once I gave a lady about two weeks ago a message for her leg and I said, you know, do you suffer with a bit of leg pain? She says, you know, out of the blue now and then she'll get a bit of, of leg pain. And I said, you, you know, in your past life that you actually fell off a cliff and you broke your leg. Hmm. And so there are certain things that might just make you aware and bring you back and saying, you know what, when I give this message, it's relating to something of the past that has taken place or happened. How do you access them, though, without knowing? You know, because, I mean, if I wanted to go and have one done, I would have to go and, you know, in, go into a meditative state. But how how is it possible that you can see someone else's past life? Remember, it's, it's first of all, it's also from the individual's 
who you're giving the message to, if they're very closed and you know, a lot of people will say, no, no, yeah, no, I don't want a message or so. You can tap into their loved ones that are there, but to, to tap into their past or to go a little bit further beyond, um, the problem is you need them to be open. You need their, their space or their aura to, to really be shining and, and really to tap in. And you can give them some useful information. And you know, sometimes I would tell the individual and say, you know what? In your past life, you, you were, you're a herbalist, you know, you worked with medicine and you say, strange enough, today I'm a doctor or whatever the case might be and he, or he practiced medicine or whatever the case might be. So there's always some sort of referral back to the past that it comes to the present. And, and this you'd only find out after the session, then he'll tell you, you know, that yes, you know, I practiced medicine and I, I love doing it. And um, so it just shows you that you can't tap into everybody unless they really, it's like hypnotherapy or hypnotist. You know, and if, if the individual wants to, then obviously you, you can tap further back. But remember that it's not as easy as you, some mediums can just tap in and see relatives and see spirit around or see symbols around somebody. Mm-hmm. But doing it for years, I always try to tap in a little bit deeper because I need to try to give you as much confirmation or as much information as what I can through that session, obviously to yield your soul and obviously to try uplift your session or uplift your your life forward mm-hmm. and trying to let go of the past. And that's why I always say let go and let God, you know. So this this seeing, sensing, is are you, are you switched on all the time or do you have to do something to say to to your higher self or to your spirit, okay, I'm going to move into the space now of assisting someone else. Or do you just randomly hear and Are you see on dead tap? people? Yeah. Do you see <laughs> dead people? <laughs> no. In the beginning, they'll always teach you. And, and, and when we started Sitting Circle as well, um, you find it – that you need a source of switching on and switching off. It's like a light switch. Who are they? So, Before you go further. Yes, who taught you? Who, who are they? Well, you, you know, this has come a very long time. Like I said, when I started at the Spiritualist Church, obviously I said circles. Mm-hmm. Circles differ. Obviously you got different uh, teachers that come in and come out that obviously are very much so spiritually and, and they'll teach you. But um, mostly all this information comes through the years and then you gather all this information and that's actually how you, like I said, it doesn't go about who's teaching you. It goes on how much dedication and what you are prepared to put in and that you, you will get out. Like I mentioned before, there were some weeks where I set five circles, five to six circles a week from Monday to to, to Saturday uh-huh. and then still on Sunday I would go to church so it just shows you that my dedication on my young days was really I was trying to push as much as what I can so that I can reap the rewards okay. um, and and church is not like you know like regular church Justin is referring to some other yes. um, church so um, but we can, we, we're going to talk about that now we were going to talk about the switching on and switching off um, how to do that yeah so so obviously it's like a switch that a light switch that you've got so you switch on and off and um, a lot of people have got different ways of doing this um, before they go into a session with somebody or before a lot of people will meditate for let's say five or four minutes and then obviously go with a half an hour session with somebody because obviously when they meditate they obviously relax and then they tap into that state of mind um, shall I call it like that and then a lot of people have got a cap that they put on and off um, there's a very well known medium overseas I think she's called Lisa Williams if I'm mm-hmm. uh, if, I, if I'm right with the, the pronunciation of it and she uses a, a baseball cap so what she'll do is when she's got the cap on 
that is when she's connected to spirit and then she can just give messages. Once the cap's off, it's messi- the, the spirit knows that it's her personal time now, it's her personal life. There's no ways we're going to tap in now. Mm. So everybody's got a different way of coping with switching on and switching off. It's something that you have to do, obviously, when you start doing it. When you start doing mediumship or you start doing this, it's very difficult to find a way to switch on and switch off because now you, you tell your mind, okay, now switch off, you know, but it's, it's very simple. Some people use things as symbolism, like a flower opening and closing. So when it's open, they know that, okay, now the brain and spirit knows they're connected. And then obviously when they visualize it closing, they know, okay, well now we shut down and that's closing. So that's, but like I said, it varies from individual to individual. Okay. And, um, yeah. So what do you do? Uh, it's quite interesting. Through the years, I've tried Various methods, but once you've been doing it so long, you automatically know that the moment you go onto the platform to give messages or at a center, or you go into an environment where you are going to be doing messages or you're going to give, share some information, then obviously spirit automatically makes it just work. Mm. And that's the nice thing about it. There is no more, it just happens spontaneous now at the moment, you know. So when I'm in that environment, it will come on and that's that. And like I say, it differs from obviously place to place, but definitely, you know, it's it's just on the energy of the day. You said earlier that all of us have this ability to or, or this mediumship and, you know, we can all just develop it. Now, how does a, a budding medium know that this what I am hearing, seeing, sensing is a message not from my very fertile imagination? How do you know that a you're not well, basically crazy. And second of all, how do you know that what you are getting, you are giving to your client in its purest form possible? Because we all, you know, if you look at the communication model, you have a filter, I have a filter, and in between, you know, that message might get contaminated, for lack of a better word. Yes. Okay, well, first of all, to, to start off with, with, you know, how does it actually start, you know? And um, we all have... We've all experienced gut feelings. So, you know, a lot of us would go down a road one day or dark road and you'll have this gut feeling. So, you know what? Let me just take a different route home tonight or, or this, this often, only to find out that there was an accident there or you were held up of some sort with this gut feeling. Now, that is how spirit communicates with us in, in, in the pure sense in the beginning. You get this gut feeling. And I normally always tell people, you know, if you can't get to a medium, follow your heart. You know, your heart will never lie to you. But purely follow your intuition and follow your gut feeling because the gut feeling is literally spirit communicating to people that aren't open to mediumship or to messages. But yet, if you've asked them about it, they will give you a scenario that they'll say, you know what, I had this feeling not to go home that night. And ironically, they broke in. And if I was there, they might have hurt me or injured me or whatever the case might be. So definitely, we all have this ability. And true what you say, that we've all got filters. Okay, so when you do start mediumship, it's very difficult because, like I said before, that spirit takes energy and time to bring us the symbolism or obviously to give it to the client or to the individuals. And that's why when I teach classes, I always tell them, give what you've got. Because if you're going to hold back, because 
doesn't matter how ridiculous it sounds, try not filter the message. Try give it as is. Unless obviously it sounds very violent or something like that. Um, because a lot of our messages I've got to give off platform or off stage because it's very personal. I can't just now in the front of a stage of 200 people or 100 people, you know, let the lady break down and tell her, you know, her husband, you know, unfortunately had passed, but there was this circumstances and this and this. So some messages are personal. And then obviously you, you call her behind and you, you obviously give her a personal message, you know, away from everybody else. That way you are not really filtering it. You're giving it as is. But when you're on, on the platform as well, or you give messages to clients and that on an open basis, um, you've got to also allow the filter system to actually kick in basically so that you don't harm people neither. Because remember, a, a medium's responsibility is not to change people's lives. Um, because you get a lot of irresponsible mediums out there that will give you a message and say, it's time to leave your job now. There's a new job coming up and we, you can't just do that because, I mean, you are literally playing with somebody's life. It's, and, and that's why I say I'm not a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. I don't predict the future. Um, I try, obviously, tap into your past. I, I see what individuals come through for you. And I give you a full message and, and a reading as, as such. But the future is unknown. You know, that's why I say live in the present. Spirit says life is so short, like lighting a candle and blowing it out. Mm-hmm. So why... You know, hang around and, and, and think about the future. And that's why I say it's very important, um, that we have those filter systems so that we don't influence or upset, uh, certain individuals. And then, like coming back to you saying that you're not sure if this is what you're getting. Is it right? Is it not right? I spoke earlier. Well, I don't know if it was earlier. We spoke about the dreams as well. And just to come back to it, your concept of let's just say, a whiskey bottle to my concept of a whiskey bottle might be two different concepts. You might see that as being somebody that is an alcoholic or, and I might see it as being somebody that needs fulfillment in their life or they just need mm-hmm. to have some fun in their life. So it's two different, complete different concepts. But yet at the end of the day, um, spirit would give that message to the right medium to give to that individual the way they can obviously translate that message spirit won't give you the the whiskey bottle if he knows you if spirit knows you're going to interpret it in the wrong means to that individual mm-hmm. so that's why i say give what you get don't be shy on on thinking you know is this what and then another thing we need to remember as well um while we're on the topic as well is that children from the age from birth right up until about the age of seven have a very psycho children are born psychic first of all you will always hear Small ones talking about they either playing with somebody or if you ask them who, you know, who you playing cards with and they'll say, no, this is gentleman John or whatever the case might be. Even if they perceive them to be like a hairy monster or whatever the case might be, it's their concept of obviously describing the, the individual to you. But children are very psychic until about the age of seven, but society and parents normally push this away, which I'd always discourage because um, it's very nice to have a psychic child, you know. So obviously you don't want to scare them, but try not force it off them by saying, you know, there's nothing as an imaginary friend, you know, there isn't this guy by the name of John or Andrew, whatever the case might be. But I'm sure if you dig deep enough in research or so you'd and you get more information, you'd actually find that um, this Andrew or John might be somebody in the family or it might have been the previous homeowner or whatever the case might be. So definitely, um, there is, 
you know, like I said, um, try not discourage this from children. But sometimes children just have a wild imagination, you know, where you know they're just talking to themselves and they they don't necessarily see anyone. Um, what they what I have seen them do though is sometimes they talk to their grandma or their grandpa or whomever their brother sister, um, but they're still alive. So they're just having a game and they're chatting to them, but they're not there physically. Okay. Well, look, you know, you need to remember children describe things in, in odd forms and on sh- odd shapes and, and odd individuals. Um, it could be somebody also related to Gran that they're talking that, you know, it's from Gran or so. So it's not in, it's not necessarily saying, and it's very difficult to say, you know, you, you know that they've got a wild imagination, mm. which children have a very creative imagination. Mm. But I always just say, don't discourage it from the child. Even if they mm. talk about it, let it go. They'll make their own decision when they get older. Won't they, do they want to perceive with this or do they want to go forward with spirituality or whatever the case might be? So it, it's quite interesting because, um, like I said, a lot of people discourage this and they said, oh, there's, there's not an imaginary friend or whatever the case might be. But children do describe things very oddly mm-hmm. to us. Um. So when children tell us that they are talking to Someone who you, who might not be part of your family. Could that possibly also be one of their guides? Could they be seeing their guides? Yes, uh, guides are, and, and nice that you're talking about guides now. Now we can embark on what I wanted to talk about a little bit earlier, earlier as well. Is that yes, guides are part of our life day and night and through our whole life existence on this earth plane. Um, first of all, like I mentioned before, before we get to that part of the children seeing the guides, and just to answer that question, it, it's yes, very possibly guides are, are, are always present, especially with children as well. Um, so they do see them and, and what have you. But we've got, I, I refer it to a birth guide. So from your first breath and actually before you enter into the womb of your parents or of your mom, whatever the case, before you descend onto this earth plane, your guide is already basically assigned to you. Assigned to you. And you say, you know what? This is going to be a great experience. You're going to have it with me. So from right through birth, right through the whole scenario until your first breath, your guide is with you. That's why I call it a birth guide because he'll spend the rest of his life basically with you. But one thing that we need to understand and, and that's what a lot of mess- people that come for readings or so, they say, no, I thought I had a red Indian guard or whatever the case might be. Yes, there are a, a lot of Indian guards. If you're very spiritual, there's Buddha guards, you know, Indian guards. So there's, there's a, a wide formity, you know, of, of, of spiritual guards. But we need to remember that not just your birth guard is with you. When you go through a situation in life, let's say either through loss or you've gone through a bit of trauma or you've gone through, let's say, an injury or you, you've developed, let's say, some sort of um, disease at the moment or whatever the case might be, then you get different guides step into your life. Your birth guide will always be there. And then you might have a guide such as somebody that was a nurse in the World War Two, or such as a doctor that was from the 18th century or whatever the case may be, obviously to help you through that lesson or that period you're going through. So we need to remember that from you, from your birth guide, as you go through life, it's basically like going through your grades. Every lesson you go through, you get assigned a different guide helping you through that situation or healing the situation and helping you overcome those obstacles in life. So that's definitely where the 
concept comes from. So uh, when you say that that could be a guy, I'm using the yeah. nurse once, uh, some uh, you know, so we keep with the same thing. So would that be a person who lived in that uh, during that time of that war or, or period where it needed to be, you know, it needed to heal, or would that be a guide um, who was during that period? Um, you, who you need to remember that. A lot of souls that depart this earth plane, mm-hmm. um, they first, because remember, lessons come from both parties. It comes from spirit and it comes from you. They Both parties actually learn. So at the end of the day, let's just say that guide I was talking about that was in World War, let's say World War One, and mm-hmm. she was a nurse. And what would happen is when she had passed, let's say either through World War One or 20 years later, um, she might come back down as a guide in the late 80s or let's say the 90s. And she will be assigned to somebody, let's say, that's going through a bit of a emotional stage. So she's there to comfort and to heal that individual. Because a lot of people, when I tell them, yes, you know, you've got a, a nurse guide by the name Anna Marie or whatever the case might be, then they're a little bit shocked and they say, yeah, but you know, I'm sure I had an Indian guide or so with me. <laughs> so it, it's different stages, but yes, they walked this earth plane. Um, okay. and, and like I said, a lot of guides don't walk this earth plane, but yet, um, experience is, is what she's, she's been there. She's walked this earth plane and obviously she's giving the upliftment that she's, she's required to do. So once a human becomes a guide, can they return to human form again? Or once you've done, uh, once you go further and become, you know, get guide status, is that where you go? Remember that, look, obviously we all first have to go through numerous lessons in life. And um, I've always said, and, and a lot of people laugh when I say this is my last lifetime on this earth plane. Because I think I've really endured quite a lot and I've learned a lot. And I've also helped a lot of people um, in this lifetime. So... Once a soul will progress or move on, he moves on basically to the next level, which obviously would be doing the guide work. So preferably, most likely, I might come down to this earth plane again, but not in a physical form. I might be a guide as a spiritual guide, guidance to somebody in maybe another hundred years from now, whatever the case might be. But one thing we need to remember is that the soul never dies. So your soul will experience numerous lifetimes, um, on this earth plane and then obviously once you have learned all the lessons and you've gone through all the experiences you move to the next stage of obviously enlightenment and finding and and moving on as a guide and that way i learn now vice versa because now i'm on the other side of the role as and your guides learn just as much from you as what you learn from your guides that's incredible your church Talk to us about this. What, what's the name of the church? Again? Okay, it's it's called the Sanctuary of Infinite Light. Um, it's also known as the West Krugersdorp Spiritualist Church. And there are more than just one. There's about five in the Gauteng region. Um, there there are definitely about five uh, spiritualist churches, and then you get a lot of centers, uh, spiritual centers that are, are based on the same circumstances as the church, but they haven't got the structure. Because remember, the churches have still got a, a church structure to it. Um, as we will do, a, we'll open the service with prayer, and then obviously we do a, a healing meditation. And thereafter, it's followed with an inspiring spiritual talk or a talk of a motivational talk. And then it's followed with a bit of um, demonstration, a psychic demonstration of about 15, 20 minutes. 
So that's how the structure of the, of the churches work. Whereas uh, uh, spiritual centers normally just work on a discussion and then it's followed by a little bit of mediumship or obviously in, in that form. And there, there are also about seven or, or five centers in, in the Gauteng. So there are these centers and obviously spiritual churches and, and very few people are aware of this. Mm-hmm. But, um, the ones that are, they know that there are these churches. In existence, and and just to give you a background, you know, um, the the church where I'm at now at the moment was built in the 1940s, so it's been around for numerous years. Um, the spiritual movement. What do Christians say when they hear that you call your uh, your church a church? <laughs> <laughs> because you know, you obviously understand why I'm asking the question. Yes, look, um, you know, we've been called a lot of things, and um, our Signboard outside has been thrown with eggs before and what have you. Um, because back in the days, um, before I became the president of the church, our notice board or the board, the, the, the church's signboard outside had the star of David with two doves. And a lot of people perceive that to be Satanism when they see that star or whatever the case might be. People get the wrong concept because they're not either informed well enough or they're still very backdated or they tell their kids when they see that symbol, they say, you know what, it's, um, Saint Satanistic or whatever the case might be mm-hmm. And that's the problem we have But yet um, we all believe In the same God um, So whether you are Christian Whether you are spiritualist um, Make no difference We are all trying to reach zero point In that zero point we are all trying to reach Godhead and that's the most important Thing to remember so it doesn't matter You know I always say that A church is basically just a building It's got no value to the individual It's what's going to be taught over there If a Christian church is going to lead you to your answers And, and lead you to your God So be it But yet um, Obviously we get a lot of bad And that's why we never put a cell phone number or so On the on the board outside Because the problem is um, You get numerous people phoning you Christians And they'll tell you all these funny stories And tell you it's fakirt And you know you're not allowed to do this And this is what you guys are doing But yet We believe in the same God We've got the same Structure. It's just what people don't understand is that, you know, a lot of people say, you must let them rest. But yet for mediums, if you come to me and you've been dying to hear from your mom or whatever the case might be, I mean, it's not we're calling up your mom. Your mom is there already with you. So I just connect and we actually give you the message and, and that sets you free. Um, so that is actually the clairvoyance purpose, you know, is actually to, to help the living actually move on. And like I said, Christians unfortunately have a different concept on the spiritualist church, you know, because they say our concepts of, you know, talking to the dead is actually uh, incorrect. You know, you should let the dead rest. I have a twofold question. So the first one is if we think about someone who has died, are they – in, do they come forward immediately? Are they are they in our space or in our in our in our vicinity at that moment when you think about them? And then the second part of this question is: Do our departed loved ones look out for us like guides? Do they act as guides, or are they are they dealing with their own post death stuff before they 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 are assigned to someone who's not biologically Linked to them Okay one thing we need to remember though First of all is that When somebody departs If it was a very sudden death Then unfortunately 
if any medium tells you that they can connect instantly, I'm going to tell you that is virtually impossible because um, the soul first needs to find feeding or find where they currently are because some people aren't aware of the concept that when they die, you know, that things have changed. So it normally takes anything from three to six months. Sometimes it can happen earlier if the individual was very spiritual and knows, okay, well, I'm on my deathbed, you know, I'm going to pass now. So then it might happen a bit earlier than that. But remember, as well as the shock for the living, it's a big shock for the, the soul as well. Once he departs and he's on the other side, um, it's definitely a new experience, a new situation. So for a medium to make connection will take, obviously, a, a period and that's why a lot of people will come to me as early and say you know you know i lost my loved one you know can you connect i'll pick up everybody else in the family but not the husband and she says you know she actually came here this morning or this afternoon to connect with her husband that had passed two weeks ago and um, i will then explain to her the reason that it was perhaps maybe too soon but the loved one such as let's say her father has passed he will connect and say they just want to let her know that she, he's got a younger gentleman who had passed suddenly, either from a heart attack or in a car accident or so. And then she'll start crying. She'll say, okay, she, but why is he not talking to me? Obviously, the soul needs time to find feeding on the other side. So that's very importantly to remember that sometimes it happens very fastly. And, and a lot of the souls still believe that if the death was very quick, it's almost as if they carry on with their life mm. and not realizing that you know, they no longer have a flesh that car. They are, that the car is obviously not here anymore. You know, it's just the soul. So that's where the shift actually, actually comes in. But definitely, and then your second So question. if you think about someone, like I have a very dear friend who departed years ago, and I often get the sense that she's with me and, and, and looking out for me. Is that possible? Well, re- remember that. Things don't just happen by coincidence or whatever. If if you are thinking, you know, a lot of us would say you'd be thinking of that person and then the phone would ring and when you pick it up, you say, ah, you know, I was just thinking of you two minutes ago. You know, so there's definitely that energy field out there. So the moment if you're thinking of a loved one and you feel that oneness and you say, you know what, you feel that she's drawn near to you and she might be helping you with this new job creation or this new job opportunity that you've been given then obviously that is confirmation that's definitely there um, that's coming through on that note <laughs> it's been a pleasure justin we've run out of time literally run out of time you know and i say to shemaine you know we have more time it's never going to be enough thank you so much it's for spending pleasure. the last hour with us and sharing your wisdom perfect thank you guys palisa thank you very much from- and from me Shemaine. <laughs> and from me, Liesl. Bye bye now. Cliffcentral.com.